Hello and welcome into episode 37 of a Sports or Funny podcast with George Arjur. Today's episode is recapping the NFL draft first round of first live sports in a while. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Is the Rocket Man dead? And North Korean basketball rules are absolutely insane. We're going to re- we're going to remember that episode today in honor or non-honor of Kim Jong-un may be passing away. But before we get started with this episode, I want to remind you guys to go subscribe to the That Being Said podcast with me, myself, and my brother, Sammy Jarjour. That's the That Being Said podcast. And visit sontsports.com. That's sontsports.com for all the latest, greatest, and fun NFL, NBA, MLB soccer news. All right, so do that. And before we get started with this episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome into the episode today. Um, if you're tuning in on the podcast, as always, I tell you go follow me on Periscope or on Twitter at Gijarjour, where I will be live doing these shows. Um, so I will also tweet them on our main account at Sant Highlights on Twitter. So just go in, join us there on the show. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'll answer any live uh, commentary you have. Any questions you may have for me, and uh, just wanted to give that little spiel before I get started with today's show, which is going to be going in a whole bunch of different directions, including the rumors out of North Korea that Kim Un- Kim Jong Un is dead. How pissed off Aaron Rodgers probably is about this whole entire Jordan Love situation. Two was in South Beach. Cliff Kingsbury's loaded. And we, in general, just have a loaded show. And I'm just going to start off today's show with a public service announcement for everyone. Don't eat Tide Pods, don't eat Clorox, and don't be an idiot. I mean, I'm pretty sure most reasonable people realize that our president, President Trump, did not actually want us to go eat Tide Pods. Um, It was a metaphor for disinfectant. Um, We'll get into that here in a little bit. But in general, I'm just kind of tired of the whole entire people, everyone always taking words for exactly what they are, right? I mean, we've have heard of impressions, we've had heard of different types of speeches, and we don't take word for word exactly everything people say for the gospel. But in this case, we're doing it again, where we take the words of the president, turn it into the gospel, everyone's pissed off, everyone's unhappy, as usual, and that's kind of the country we're living in now. So, all right. Now that we got people tuning in on Periscope, thank you for uh, listening to all of the beginning of a Spiel podcast, listeners. Let's get started. Yesterday was the NFL draft, and the first day we had any live sports on the horizon. Like, we didn't have a game. We actually had a draft, and I haven't seen people so ex- excited for a non-live sporting event. Well, it's a live sporting event, right? We did talk about... The uh, Jordan documentary on Monday, we came and recapped it here on the show, and that was a recorded sporting event. This is a live sporting event that didn't have any games being played, and people were so excited for it, which was awesome. And now here's a couple of things before we get into the uh, 
the actual draft and the Aaron Rodgers to uh, Joe Burrow, etc., I do want to say, one, I'm going to go a little Adam Schefter here, but a little bit opposite. I'm not going to apologize to the WNBA draft for not mentioning them as a live sporting event last week because, sorry, this is, I, there could be two things. You could be not sexist and also not like the WNBA. I don't watch the WNBA. It's nothing against the WNBA, but their ratings go to show that the country as a whole does not give a fuck about the WNBA. And I see my brother, Jojur Sammy, asking about on the Periscope call. <laughs> and then Ranger MZ asking, is Rocket Man dead? We're going to get to Rocket Man in a little bit. I love how you call him Rocket Man. Most likely he is dead, and most likely it is the coronavirus, um, which is pretty funny because he did say there was no coronavirus in North Korea, and now he is dead, which looks like it's from coronavirus. I love ironies like that, right? That It's kind of my favorite thing, the irony. It's almost something out of a movie. So no, we did not watch the WNBA draft, so we did not consider that part of our um, live sporting calendar. And that's no disrespect meaning to the WNBA. The WNBA just hasn't taken over. People don't watch much of a WNBA, and that's nothing against women's sports in general. If you go look at tennis, a lot of people find women tennis just as if not more entertaining than men tennis. So it just depends on the sport, really, and what you get out of it. So nothing against the WNBA. So Adam Schefter, don't do a fake apology, bro. Come on, just say say it how it is. No one cares about the WNBA. And that's why they really don't move the needle whatsoever in American sports. And that's not their fault. That's not the WNBA's fault. That's reality's fault. That's one. Number two, I don't know where the... NFL or why the NFL decided that it was a good idea to give a sob story after every single pick. This is the NFL draft. I care about football. I was tuning in to watch coverage about football, get some stuff about sports, stuff that I've been waiting for now since the coronavirus happened to enjoy myself and watch some sports. So instead, what do they do? The NFL goes out and every single, after every single pick, it's like with the third pick of the NFL draft, the Lions take uh, the guy from Ohio State. Let me show you all his friends who died and let's feel sad. Sports are an escape. I don't know who was this ESPN executive who decided it was a good idea to just say, hey, let's turn the draft into a bunch of sob stories. My favorite was like Jordan Love. When Jordan Love got drafted, it should have been, oh my God, the Packers just drafted a guy who they think could replace Aaron Rodgers in a few years. How does Aaron Rodgers feel? We have the same situation where Aaron Rodgers used to back up Brett Favre, who was a legend, as Jordan Love, the next legend Packer quarterback. Instead, and rest in peace to his dad, they went directly to how his dad died. I don't know if ESPN's tone deaf. I don't know if the NFL's tone deaf. But people were trying to tune in to actually get some clarity, get some happiness, get some laughter, enjoy themselves a little bit. I wasn't trying to find out about every single person's dead uncle. 
That was not the point of this. I would have turned on CNN. I would have turned on Fox News. I would have turned on CNBC, MSNBC, whatever you want to call these channels. Why? Because that's all we've been hearing about for the last six to seven weeks is about all the problems in the world. So what we want to get this time is to enjoy some football, talk some football. So ESPN, no, we don't care about everyone who died. And two, sorry, WNBA fans, all six of you out there in the world. No one wants to get Adam Schefter to apologize because he didn't mention the WNBA as a live sporting event in their draft last week. Because I know not every one of you, 90% of the people who were tweeting at Adam Schefter didn't tune into the fucking WNBA draft themselves. So I hate if there's one thing you know about me, I hate fake outrage. No fake outrage here. I want to thank Ranger MZ for a couple of more comments. He said he would want, why would anyone watch the WNBA? Nobody watches the NBA except ESPN until the playoffs. And again, ESPN is totally lost. They were totally lost. They did do a good job. Roger Goodell actually seemed like a nice guy yesterday for the first time in his career. So shout out to him. He learned, he did, uh, he he did the uh, two C slide two C slide on uh, on TikTok. Tried to look cool. He did a good job. He tried to be the MC, but they could have hired a comedian or someone to do it, and it would have been probably better. But it is what it is. So let's get to the actual football and kind of react to some of the draft picks. I have like two, I guess three or four main points I want to talk about, and we're gonna talk about them in in theory. Or they're basically quarterbacks in CD Lamb. We're going to start off with the big winner of the draft, and that's the Miami Dolphins. They went and got Tua, who before the season started was a consensus number one overall pick. I mean, they were talking about, no one was talking about Joe Burrow before the college football season where he took it by storm, and he earned, Joe Burrow did earn taking the number one overall spot. But I think we all know if Tua was completely healthy, if we knew Tua was going to be totally fine, that Tua probably was the number one prospect, number one quarterback, and easily the easiest pick and most surefire pick on the board pending injuries. So for the Dolphins to take him all the way at five is the right pick. It's a great pick, and they're overall the winners of this draft. When you can take who might be the best player in the draft all the way at five, I don't, I mean, if look, the only way Tua doesn't turn out to be any good is if his injuries. That's the only possible way. If you watched him at Alabama, he has the poise, he has the arm, he has the intangibles, he has the leadership. And I see a comment from my guy here, Ranger MZ, said, if Tua can't stay healthy, he'll be Ryan Leaf too. And here's the thing. Ryan Leaf was just a piece of shit person at times. He's got his life together now, but he was just a bad dude. So Tua's not a bad dude. The only way that Tua doesn't pan out is injuries. And there is a chance he doesn't pan out because of those. But I don't think there's a way he pans out because doesn't pan out because of his talent. And that's really important here for people to realize that Tua, Tua will probably be the best quarterback in this draft if he remains healthy. And I know that's a big if. That's not a given. Health is never a given. Anyone could get uh, injured. And I know Tua has been injured a lot. I know they said that they went and looked at his um, 
his uh, hip and it looks pristine. It's kind of hard to know that for sure. But overall, I think it was the right pick. And Ranger says, too much risk. If you draft a QB in the first round, it puts your program back five years. You know, I know, I, I think it was either Bill Parcells or Jimmy Johnson who said that if you take a quarterback in the first round um, and it doesn't work, that it takes your team back five years. Does it really? Let me let's think about this for a second. And I'm not disagreeing with you 100%, but let's just go back here for a second and look at Josh Rosen from the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Rosen was drafted in, I think, number 9 or 10 overall two years ago. They moved off him in one year. EJ Manuel was a first-round draft pick for the Buffalo Bills four or five years ago. They're already back in the playoffs last year, and they made the playoffs a couple years ago of Tyrod Taylor. Yes, you don't want to waste that draft pick on a quarterback and have them not pan out. But my theory is I'm drafting a quarterback until it pans out. I don't care if you have to take a quarterback this year, next year, the year after, and the year after that until you get your franchise quarterback. You got to take the best quarterback on the board until you have a quarterback because we know that you're not going to win in this league without a quarterback. Tanning Hill, Winston, once again, Winston maybe didn't work out for the Buccaneers. They got Tom Brady this year. Snap of a finger and might turn it back around. Tanning Hill didn't work out. I don't know if that's because of Tanning Hill because he was just got to the AFC Championship game with the Tennessee Titans. So I know that is the big theory that you can't take a quarterback and have him bust out. But I guess you got to take a quarterback. You got to get the future. And if you think that Tua is better than Herbert, better than Love, what do you do? You just wait a year and not take a quarterback. You got to take one. Which brings me to my next point. Joe Burrow, number one pick. He was, I mean, because he's such a big dude and he doesn't get hurt, you have to take him if you're Cincinnati with number one. Lastly, um, before we get to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, Herbert, I've never been high on. I've never been a Turbert guy. And in general, Herbert is going to, in my opinion, going to be the bust of this draft. I don't like his demeanor. And it's kind of weird how, and I know he's a smart kid and a good kid and all this. But in general, the Chargers went from one of the most fiery, intense, fun-loving, just charismatic quarterbacks in Phil Rivers to Justin Herbert. People out of Oregon said the only knock on Justin Herbert was he wasn't a vocal leader. He didn't really, you know, rile up the troops. And it seems like to me, just watching his interviews, seeing the type of dude he is, he has all the intangibles, but he just doesn't seem to be the dude. And I feel like as a quarterback, you need to have the dude to actually succeed. If he's not the dude, he becomes a follower. And if you go look at all the big quarterbacks that we have in the NFL, the only guy that I wouldn't say is necessarily the most charismatic, fun, and loved player on his team is Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, though, is not quiet. He's just not loved. People are saying Justin Herbert's a very quiet guy. And the last quiet guy quarterback to go in the top six, seven, eight quarterbacks was also out of the University of Oregon in Marcus Mariota. And he was the same way. They said he wasn't charismatic, he wasn't a leader, and he was a really quiet guy. Doesn't mean you're a bad guy. 
You're just not charismatic enough. You're not a leader of men. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing in other sports, right? Like in the NBA, you could be the number two guy. And as a quarterback, you better be charismatic. So in general here, if I was the Chargers fans, I wouldn't be too optimistic about this pick. You went from the guy. You went from Phil Rivers, man. Phil Rivers, fiery, feisty, loud, charismatic leader to Justin Herbert, who's kind of a ho-hum. I'm good. He's a good guy. He's very smart, 4.0 student. But biology is in throwing touchdowns in the NFL. Let's just be real here. Now on to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Reports are today that Aaron Rodgers is... Well, before we move on to that, I do want to answer Ranger MZ's comment. Do you really think you can win a championship of Tanning Hill? Personally, no. I don't believe you can win a championship of Tannehill. However, if we did learn one thing about Tannehill last year and in general in sports... You can win with, you can catch a like a uh, flash in the pan and win a, a Super Bowl without a guy like Brady. Uh, we saw the year the Denver Broncos won with Peyton Manning when he was basically a corpse. I think he threw seven touchdowns, seventeen interceptions that year. That you can win a Super Bowl, but the only way you win a Super Bowl with Tanning Hill is have the best running game in the league, which the Titans might have, and then you have to follow suit with a defense that is unbelievable. And that's the only way you can get it done. It's so fucking hard. And I, I don't, if I was to bet, like if I had a gun in my head and they said, hey, Tannehill wins the Super Bowl in his career or doesn't, and I, I, it's a big resounding no. He will not. So Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. So reports are today that Aaron Rodgers felt blindsided. Aaron Rodgers was pissed. Aaron Rodgers was upset and Aaron Rodgers felt like he was done wrong by the Packers when they took Jordan Love. Okay. It's funny to me that Aaron Rodgers probably had no problem that the Packers blindsided Brett Favre. Probably had no problem that he went to back up Brett Favre and try to take his job. But Aaron Rodgers is a petty dude. Aaron Rodgers doesn't is one of those guys who's you know for sure that he's not going to be welcoming in Jordan Love with open hands. But this says a lot about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and his relationships with with quarterbacks. He or with coaches. Aaron Rodgers needs to understand something. You're the problem, dude. It's, I, I wish I could sit down and tell Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has no relationship with his mom and dad. It's their fucking fault. Aaron Rodgers has no relationship with his brother. Oh, it's his fucking fault. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of bad relationships with teammates. What did he say? Oh, it's their fucking fault. Aaron Rodgers has had a bad relationship with Mike McCarthy. Oh, it's Mike McCarthy's fault. How do you think his relationship with Lafleur is? I bet you it's not that good. Because if it was, and Lafleur was in love with Aaron Rodgers, they would have been pushing to draft another quarterback. 
But once again, Aaron Rodgers is going to enter training camp, and it's everyone's fault that he's a fucking asshole and no one can get along with him, and that no one likes him and that he's petty. I've been saying this about Aaron Rodgers for years. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented arm talent maybe in league history. But he's not a nice guy. He doesn't play well with others. He's not a good leader. So, Aaron Rodgers, man, it's on you, bro. If maybe you were easier to get along with management, if you maybe got along with coaches better, if you maybe got along with teammates better, the Packers wouldn't be so ready to be looking for their future quarterback at your age. Because look at Tom Brady. He won six Super Bowls with the Patriots and they moved on. You don't think the Packers might be ready to move on with you if you aren't delivering? That's why they went and got a quarterback. That's why they're probably looking at post-Aaron Rodgers era. And in my opinion, the Aaron Rodgers era has to be a disappointment. One Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers, with all the talent he has, with the coaches he has, with the receivers he had, won one Super Bowl. I don't see him winning another. And if he does, maybe now the era is... Pretty good. But one Super Bowl? If I'm the Packers, I look back at the Aaron Rodgers era. Just like if I was a Colt, I'd look back at the Peyton Manning era and say, man, probably should have won more. And they probably should have. But that's on you, Aaron Rodgers. That's on you, man. So I have no sympathy for Aaron Rodgers. And I think him being pissed is just him being petty as usual. All right. So we're going to get to, uh, before we get to the Rocket Man real quick, I want to talk about, I don't know if you guys saw this, Cliff Kingsbury. And, you know, you got to see Cliff Kingsbury's house. It is unbelievable. You saw all these war rooms yesterday in the NFL, and I'm going to put it up on the screen here. So if you're watching on Periscope, that's one of the cool things I can do here. If, you, uh, if you're listening to podcasts, you get on Periscope, you can actually see, I'll be able to share my screen. And I'm going to show you the house that Cliff Kingsbury was drafting from. And let me just say, it was something special. Let's look at this. This is Cliff Kingsbury's house. It's a little bigger than my house. Not by much, maybe. Okay, by much. But absolutely gorgeous. And I want everyone to do me a favor. Just go to SONTSports.com. That's our website that we run, me and my brother. And go look up Cliff Kingsbury's girlfriend. Absolute smoke show. He she used to date Holly Saunders. Really good looking. Now he dates a girl named Renee Estrella. <laughs> Let me just say, Cliff Kingsbury is winning in life. So yes, I said the Miami Dolphins were the biggest winners of the NFL draft. But actually... Now that I come to think about it, the biggest winner of the NFL draft is Cliff Kingsbury with his gorgeous girlfriend and this baller-ass house. So congratulations to Cliff Kingsbury on that. All right, so quickly here, I want to just report nothing completely confirmed yet, but a bunch of sources out of North Korea, and I'll put those sources here on my screen in a moment, are reporting that the uh, rocket man, Dennis Rodman's good friend, Kim Jong-un, has now passed away. 
A lot of people are saying it's from the coronavirus. Um, he was having surgery and the doctor that was doing surgery on him may have had coronavirus, which resulted in him dying. We do not have this completely and utterly confirmed yet, but uh, according to uh, Jennifer Zhang, who is a reporter out of the Korean Peninsula, she is reporting that he has passed away and Korea Boo, which is a uh, website out of um, Korea, so uh, South Korea, not North, is also commenting that he has passed away. So, um, not really the saddest day, maybe the best news we've had in 2020. I know we don't really like to root for people's deaths here, but this guy has uh, basically said he wanted to wipe the United States off the map and kill us all. So when someone says he wants to kill us all, I usually, you know, kind of root for him to die. Uh, I don't think that's insensitive of me to root for Kim Jong-un to die. So uh, Ranger MZ says, do you believe it? I don't know yet. I haven't really decided if I believe it yet or not, but that's the reports. The reports are he died. And usually with these countries, I'm from a country, Syria, where if our leader had, our leader, he's not my leader, if our president had passed away, what would they say? They'd probably say nothing and zip, zip their mouths. And, and that's what North Korea is doing now. The fact that he hasn't made a public appearance, the fact that they haven't refuted the, the theory that he's dead, I have to kind of edge on the side. He's either super sick and barely surviving or he's dead. Otherwise, these countries that are communists, these countries that have dictatorships, these countries that have tyrant leaders will make sure that people think that they are still alive in any possible circumstance. So the rocket man is dead, which kind of brings me to uh, what I wanted to talk about. I'm going to actually save my Mickey Mantle story for uh, Mon Monday's podcast. I actually thought that today uh, we wouldn't have a, um, you know, tyrant leader die. I was, you know, when that happens, I kind of talk like to talk about it. Uh, I had a Mickey Mantle story, which you guys really need to tune in Monday for, about how he got uh, oral sex behind the bleachers during a Yankees game while he was playing. So um, kind of crazy story. So that Monday, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. Um, so let's review some of our favorite things to talk about, which is the North Korean basketball rules. So North Korea has some great set of rules for how they actually play basketball in the country. And for those who don't know, Kim Jong-un is a huge fan of the NBA, a huge fan of the Chicago Bulls, and a huge fan of uh, Dennis Rodman and basketball. He, that's why he invited Dennis Rodman over to North Korea. <laughs> Thank you. He was a huge fan. So um, they play basketball in North Korea. There are normal people in North Korea. The whole country's not, you know, a tyrant leader. Poor people, actually. And there are some crazy rules that they came up with for their basketball league. And here they are. Slam dunks are actually worth three points in North Korea. Field goals in the final three minutes of a game are worth eight points in North Korea instead of two. Three-pointers are worth four points if it's a swish, which is, I think, hilarious. If you miss a free throw, you lose one point. Genius rule, by the way. 
it would neglect Shaq's like dominance. Imagine if Shaq, if we did that in the NBA, like Shaq would go from being a really good basketball player to someone that would be a complete liability to have on your team, right? Like Steph Curry in this league would be absolutely devastating. I know he can't hit dunk the ball that often, so he doesn't get to three points, but he swishes a lot of threes. He gets a lot of four, and he rarely misses free throws. So uh, those are the big rules from North Korean basketball. So once again, slam dunks are worth three points. Field goals in the final three minutes are worth eight points instead of two. And threes are worth four if they don't touch the rims and you lose one point if you miss a free throw. I found these rules to be absolutely outstanding. North Korean basketball is the best type of basketball. All right, lastly, just a public service announcement to you all. Don't eat Lysol. Don't drink Lysol. Don't drink Clorox. Tide Pods are not edible. And to be honest with you, if you actually think the president meant to eat Tide Pods, he didn't. I know a lot of you don't like the way President Trump brings his messages across. And I don't think a lot of people can argue with you if you do about his way his messages come across. But he doesn't actually think you need to drink disinfectant to kill the coronavirus. So if you actually are drinking disinfectant or having a Tide Pod for breakfast, check yourself, man. Well, you're probably dead by now. But check yourself if you think that's the right way to go about things. Well, thank you so much for listening today. This has been the Sports Are Funny podcast. As always, if you're listening to the podcast, I do this live on Periscope at G-J-A-R-J-O-U-R, George Arjour. Always visit SONTSports.com. That's SONTSports.com. And vice versa, if you're listening on Periscope, visit SONTSports.com and download the podcast if you missed the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back on Monday. Enjoy the round two and three of NFL Draft tonight. And as always, please rate, review, and give this episode and podcast five stars. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Oh, thank you.